Marvel Shinsu Chu, episode number 31. Glad you're here. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Levi-Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Going great. Good, good. Glad it. Well, we are right in the heart of the uh, latter part of the baseball season. It's a little past mid-August, so things are certainly heating up. We have two of our threes, two of our three teams, excuse me, playing very well um, right now. Mine, you know, same old song and dance, but we all know how that goes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're tonight. We've got um, we've got a special guest coming in a little bit later that I think everybody's really going to enjoy and have a lot of fun with. And then um, we're also going to talk a lot tonight about kind of rivalries and and sort of picking sides within rivalries and. You know, how they can be fun, but how they can be kind of annoying, too. We're going to talk about a lot of those things. So um, it should be it should be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Before we get into that, though, I want to go ahead and start off with our leadoff portion of the night. Um, fortunately, and Jonathan shared this link. Um, I think he shared I think you shared it on the Facebook page or was it? Oh, actually, no, I just shared it with okay. you guys. I'll, I'll post it on the yeah, uh, I'll post it on the, the Web page. Well, certainly posted, and um, it was, I think, it looked like it was like a Vine video or an Instagram video, something like that. It was a short video. First Avenue, which is a pretty famous club in Minneapolis, um, it's got a history. Prince played there quite a bit, you know. Um, one of Minneapolis' more famous, famous, I don't know if it's in St. Paul or Minneapolis, one of the Twin Cities' more famous venues. Uh, they had the ceiling collapse, and the, the footage is, you know, is pretty. Um, it's dramatic. Eye-popping. Yeah, dramatic, <laughs> eye popping. Um, because it's really, you know, it's not just like, oh, you know, a little, little, like a ceiling of, tile of, or something. Yeah, not like a ceiling tile or, you know, a little bit of plaster came down. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, Thir- they said, of the ceiling. They said ultimately it was 30 feet by 30 feet what came down. Ultimately, it looked like it was coming down in, in pieces. Right. And it looked like a pretty crowded show as well. I don't know who was playing. Theory of a Dead Man. Wow. Okay, kind of a metal oh, yeah. band, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not familiar. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, yeah, I've seen a metal band. Yeah. So it looked like it was, you know, a fairly well attended show as well. And just fortunately, no one was severely injured. Yeah, they said a few Uh, people went to the hospital, but they were released satisfactorily. Right, right. So I'm glad to hear that. But Jesus Christ, man. Oh, man. that Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I assume the, I assume they're going to be lawsuits. You know, I, I would oh, yeah, guess. Yeah, figure. Yeah, Levi, yeah. you you said that you thought that um, you know just the constant uh, acoustics and the low frequencies could cause problems in a venue over the years. Oh yeah, definitely, and especially if they used any amount of plaster in the wall, like in the ceilings, mm-hmm. because over time, just the constant decibels. And knowing metal bands, they like to push their decibels. Like uh, an average sound guy will want to keep it between 100 and 110. And 110 is pretty much, that's really loud. And so if they were over that, yeah, I mean, over the years of having all those concerts there, that plaster can weaken and weaken from the the vibrations. Yeah. And I think that's kind of Levi a catch-all venue too. I mean, I think I think they host you know every time oh, yeah. for music yeah. there. It's oh, yeah. it's a national touring spot, you know. Yeah. So you could get yeah. Prince one night, and then you could get you know Theory of a Dead Man the next night. Well, yeah, um, and like I said, it's right. um, a lot of metal bands. They like to have it just you know 
just absolutely cranked where you can't hardly tell what the guy's saying. Everything sounds all, it would be great to go to a metal band one night and have it like, like the steely Dan sound guy do it. It's like, wow, I can actually hear like everything in the metal band. (laughs) Coming, coming soon on VH1 as a uh, matchmaker between band and unusual sound guy. Oh, well, so I'm glad everyone's okay. And Jonathan had posed the question when we were kind of brainstorming, for the episode um, about if anything dangerous has ever happened to us at a show we've attended. Um, now, Jonathan, if I'm not mistaken, didn't your brother attend the Guns N' Roses show at Riverport where yeah. there was a riot? Yeah. He did, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the first thing I thought of when, when you brought that up because, you know, it's a pretty famous yeah. show. Uh, Riverport wasn't very old then either. Like, it had only been around maybe a year or so. I think it may have been its opening year or at the oldest its second year. Yeah. Yeah, really young. It was like 91 or 92, something like that. Um, Mine is actually at Riverport. Okay. I was uh, Mine the, too, but go ahead. One of the, one of the first OzFests and Pantera is playing. And Phil and Selmo, we're in the lawn because we just we bought the cheap lawn tickets. And Phil and Selmo says, "All you people in the lawn." He's like, "You're my bitches." He's like, "I want to see everybody on the right side of the lawn run as fast as you can to the uh, left side." Oh uh, no! Oh, it, dude, no just like do that, uh, wall of crazy like mosh. It was insane. There were like little metal families trying to like sit oh, on like, no. stuff and like oh. had to like get their crap and like run up to the top of the hill oh no yeah it was insane do shit like that i mean like i'm i'm not one to impose limits on a lot of bands but like you you have to be responsible you can't provoke just with that many you know too you know what i mean yeah you're playing with fire and you literally i shouldn't say you literally but you figuratively have that crowd in the palm of your hand and they will do whatever you want them to do that's what happened at that travesty that was Woodstock 99 yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, you got fucking Fred Durst up there telling the audience to go crazy. They're probably going to go crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, that's I don't know if you get that at like a Neil Diamond concert or anything, <laughs> but um, maybe. So what was yours, Gabe? Well, I, I went, mine was at Riverport as well in 1996. I went to the Warp Tour um, and, uh, which was kind of like it is now, you know, it was a sort of punk bands. Um, and during the last band that played was Fishbone. And, um, you know, it was very um, uh, modestly attended that day. They didn't open the lawn. It was just oh, the wow. pavilion. So the lawn had tarps over it, right? And, you know, they had security guards, you know, making sure no one got on the lawn, etc. So when Fishbone started playing... Um, a bunch of people got on the lawn and they tore up the tarps, right? Oh wow! And we thought it might end there, and then it just kind of turned out and turned into like a sort of a miniature riot. Um, like we were walking out, and you know, people were kicking over trash cans, people were throwing things. There was like a skateboard ramp, since obviously Warp Tour is tied to sort of extreme sports. People were tearing that up. Oh, jeez. So um, I, I don't know if it got a lot of press because I, I fortunately, I, I hope no one was injured. or. Yeah, I never really heard about um, it. But, yeah, it was it was kind of scary for a second. You know, I, I like saw this a garbage can, like, just flew right over my head as we were wow. I was walking out. I was like, Jesus. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, that was the closest thing I, I saw to, you know, a real, uh, I don't know, something really yeah. unfortunate yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. 
uh, actually, uh, speaking of Riverport, my brother, he came home from that GNR show with the bottom of a seat. I think. <laughs> I think I remember seeing that in your room. Actually. Yeah, I don't know where it ever ended up, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so both I, I had two quick incidents that, uh, and they were both at Alpine Valley, and one on the lawn there, uh, which uh, was Pearl Jam in '98 on the Yield Tour, and we were on the lawn for one of the two nights, and in the middle, probably about 20 feet up in the center. Uh, and that's a steep lawn there at, at Alpine. And during uh, do the evolution, it the it got it was so packed and it got so into it was a wave like you just had to move with it. Mm-hmm. And I had never been in a crowd like that before. And it, it's actually kind of common with a lot of festival crowds, uh, but up close to the stage. But when you're on a lawn and you're on an incline like that, oh, yeah. and you just you just had to move with everybody. Yeah. Because right. you're all standing there, you know, with with your arms up to your chest anyway, because it's already cramped, and it's just a, you know, a, a figurative sea of people, uh, just moving. I mean, you 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 had a radius of about ten feet that you're moving back and forth, and uh, just as a wave yeah. of people, yeah. uh, and and so that was that was intense to be around, uh, and then uh, the, the other incident actually was uh, PJ twenty at uh, Alpine Valley. And uh, somebody, uh, we were down in the in the front in the seats, and somebody had lit one of those uh, lanterns. You know the lanterns that you light, and they flow up in the air uh, yeah. that the hippies light. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it blew into the uh, 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 the, the the sheltered area. You know, the oh, seated oh. area. Right. And I watched it come down on somebody, engulfed in flame. And that was, and this was in the middle of a song too. So like nobody was paying any attention to their, you know, looking behind them. And I don't know whatever happened to that person, but it was kind of treacherous to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like people, come on, if you're gonna light things uh, that become engulfed in flame, check which way the wind's fucking blowing before you do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some concert behavior is just inexcusable. Yeah. And um, as I get older, it uh, I. I don't know. Not that I was ever tolerant of it, but I'm less tolerant of it um, as I get older, particularly as like in a few years when I want to take my son to shows, etc. You know. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, fortunately, I think a lot of the shows all of us go to, we don't see that a lot. Um, yeah. And I even go to a lot of metal shows, and I don't see that. So it's, no, cer- it's yeah, it's I, a, certainly not. Uh, it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's not relegated to just one type of music. No. Um, no. Okay, so speaking of concert experiences quickly, um, we attended a couple. Uh, Jonathan, uh, last week, saw my morning jacket at um, at Starlight, Starlight in yeah. Kansas City. So do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Certainly, um, they're touring behind the Waterfall record still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was uh, like the second to last date on, on that tour, uh, the U.S. dates, and, and had pretty solid seats about... Uh, uh, about 15th, 18th row, dead center. And, uh, uh, but talk about uh, having areas uh, blocked off. They didn't sell any of the back section. So it was probably only about two thirds sold, if that. Oh, really? Half okay. sold. Hmm. It was surprising little, when we just cruised. A little ambitious on the booking, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, I think they really liked the venue. They played there before. Right. Uh, and they were loud once again, just as loud as they were the last time I saw them. They're the loudest band I've ever heard at, at an amphitheater. And, uh, but no, it was a good show. Uh, they did, uh, steam engine, uh, into only memories remain into steam engine and the phone went West. And, uh, that was 
pretty awesome, actually. It was really well executed. And uh, Victory Dance yeah, they're getting, was... They're not afraid to put arrows in their set list now, you know? No, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Secuital and, and Victory Dance were nice. I would have liked to have heard Dandante. Um, uh, but, you know, so it goes. They've, they've got a pretty big arsenal of songs to, to pick from nowadays, and, yeah. and you're only going to get a couple from each album. Uh, yeah, except right. for the most recent album. Uh, sure. So yeah, but no, it was uh, it was it was good time. Good deal, good deal. Certainly a band that's firing on all cylinders right now. Um, I caught a show a couple nights ago. Um, certainly uh, a couple older acts, um, and it was a fun show. Uh, it was Yes and Toto, which I thought it was Toto opening for Yes, but when I look at the length of the set list, it was actually a double bill. Wow. Really. Um, I got there a little bit late. I didn't get to see. I was driving up from downstate, um, central Illinois. Uh, so I got there probably about maybe, I don't know, three quarters of the way through Toto's set. Um, so I, I obviously heard their their biggest hits uh, near the end. And um, so I didn't get to hear some of their proggier stuff, which is on their, their 70s. Uh, late 70s early 80s records before you know they had those kind of massive radio songs in the 80s um and then i saw yes which you know i was a little apprehensive going in because this is really just kind of a skeleton of yes you know um i I certainly respect the people in the band you know um i i i I, it's i want to preface this too i got a free ticket so that I, i i wouldn't have gone to this show otherwise um i would go certainly if it was the yes that i think many of us um you know the classic lineup of yes so to speak but john anderson's been out of the band for a while now um first it was for health reasons and then i guess they there was some drama they didn't want to bring him back um and then chris squire unfortunately you know passed away last month um so alan white and steve howe are the only kind of classic members of yes that are still around they've got jeff downs on keyboards who played with them a little bit in the 80s uh, and then they've got this guy named Billy Sherwood on bass who played with them off and on in the 90s. Uh, and then they've got this, this lead singer, John Davidson, um, Davison, excuse me, who, I mean, he's really good at sounding like John Anderson. That's all I can say. You know, he's he's younger. You know, he's probably got he's probably about John Anderson's probably got about 20 years on him. Um, I didn't know that. And I found out this is kind of interesting. Um, the guy that fronts Yes now, John Davison, um his best friend from childhood is Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the Foo Fighters. Really? And he's the one that paired him with Yes. I guess Hawkins is good was good friends with Chris Squire. Huh, and he's the one that recommended it. He like called Chris Squire and was like, Yeah, you gotta check out this guy. And that's so there's a Foo Fighters connection here. Huh. Um just a little interesting sidebar. Weird. Um, but, you know, yes, they sounded really good. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due if you just strip away all the sort of reluctancy you have about the lineup and just listen to the music. They sounded yeah. really yeah. great, actually. Um, Steve Howe sounds phenomenal for his age. You know, he's a guy pushing 70, and he sounds great. Um, uh, and I, I would just, that's one of my favorite guitarists. I would, I would watch that guy, you know, do just about anything. As long as he's on the stage... You know, I'm not totally apprehensive about. Did going. he have the guitar on a stand? Did he do that thing? Uh, yeah, he like it's it was he played like a little bit of slide. Yeah. Um, like a lap slide. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, most of the time he plays that big ES-175. You know, he's got like that yeah. Chuck Berry-style yeah. guitar. Yeah. Um, and he still gets just a great sound out of it. He, he sounded great. He's such a fluid player still. Um, and the set list was kind of predictable. Um, sure. But still, but still good. So I, I had a good time. You know, it was a good Sunday night by the lake. You know, nice weather. Yeah. You know, um, smaller crowd, you know, certainly didn't fill the venue by any means, but not not embarrassingly small, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, it was a good time. If, if yes is around and you don't have to make a huge investment to go see it, I recommend it. All right. Um, so, yeah. Nice. All right, everybody. We have got a very special guest tonight, um, a friend of the podcast. And we're so glad she's here. Susie Oaks. Live from, are you in San Francisco or Oakland right now? I'm in San Francisco right now. Right a couple now. blocks from AT&T Park. Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. So Susie's joining us from San Francisco tonight. And I've known Susie for quite a while. And she's a big baseball fan. And a We have the same fan. birthday. And we have the same birthday. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Same year, same wow. everything. Right? Yeah. Us, Michael Jordan. We could Brandon be twins Phillips. separated at birth. It's, it's our... true. We don't wow. know. We don't know. No one knows. Um, <laughs> you know. Blue Diamond Phillips, Renee Russo, Harris Hilton, <laughs> Susan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, so we're so glad Susie's here. And what we're going to talk about tonight, because Susie grew up um, in the Midwest, but then has been in the Bay Area now for what? Like probably like 12 years or so, something like that. Yes. 12 right. years. Wow. Quite a while. Uh. Um, so she's going to talk a little bit about transitioning to a new place with a new baseball team. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about rivalries in sports and music and how people pick sides and what that means. And um, we'll start off with talking about a recent um, rivalry. Well, I guess it's been around for a while, but the games just happened recently. The Cubs and the White Sox. Um, Levi is a big Cubs fan. You know, Susie became a Cubs fan in college. And... I am, as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan. Um, I boast about this a lot. I grew up, um, Jonathan and I grew up down the street from each other in the middle of uh, a cornfield, essentially. And there weren't, most people were Cardinals fans um, where we grew up, Uh, which isn't cool. I know. Um, With a, with a kind of a a spattering of uh, Cubs fans uh, here and there. And so I was the only Sox fan in town. And then, you know, I didn't really think about the Cubs much growing up. And then when I moved to um, Chicago, I've been in Chicago now for, I guess, about as long as Susie's been in the Bay Area. I've been in Chicago now for 12 years. And, you know, there's a rivalry, and I think it's an unnecessary rivalry between the Cubs and the White Sox because they don't play in the same division. Um, and I think that this is kind of getting into more sensitive territory. I think I think there's a lot of kind of maybe some class resentment between the Sox and the Cubs fan base. And what, what I what I mean by that um, is there are a lot of stereotypes about Sox fans that unfortunately White Sox fans reinforce. Like you, have, <laughs> you have a drunk father and son tackle an umpire or I'm sorry, tackle an umpire. <laughs> I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was that, amazing. That was That's class. us. Um, so so they the just Sox, threw a beer. A wasn't there only like one shirt store. between there the two of them? One shirt, between one the shirt. Two, as well. two guys, yeah. one shirt. Yeah, two guys, one shirt. Yeah. Family thing. Um, <laughs> tackling. It was. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't an umpire. It was the Royals' first base coach. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
And then this over this weekend, I, I bring this up because um, there was a beer thrown at Kyle Schwarber. This weekend. Oh, really? Oh, that's player, really Kyle Schwarber. I know. Like a can of beer. Like a, like full, a can of beer. Like a full can. It would have yes. hurt. That's like $12. That's a pretty good right? It's expensive. Yeah. It's probably one of those tall boys, too. Yeah. yeah. Not only is it rude, but it's also expensive and it's a waste of alcohol. But, <laughs> you know, when, when I hear the Sox fans, some of them, and this certainly isn't everybody, but it's a lot of them, talk about the Cubs, it kind of makes me cringe and it brings out. That, that, those are the times that I'm embarrassed to be a White Sox fan um, because there's that kind of south side chip on your shoulder. You know, screw those kale-eating yuppies up north, you know. And I didn't grow up on the south side, so I don't have any of that. I grew up away from both fan bases, essentially. So it was weird to me when I arrived. And a lot of people have stereotypes about Cubs fans that, like, watch the game, you know. It's just a giant singles bar. (laughs) Um, You you just drink. Yeah, and that they just they're just a bunch of drunks, right? And show up late, leave early. Show up late, just leave hanging early. out, right? And I've I, I have to admit I've experienced much more welcoming vibes from the Cubs when I've gone to Wrigley Field than I've ever seen it reciprocated by White Sox fans. Um, you know, everybody's got the stereotypes about the Cubs fans being kind of this sort of frat party, and the Sox fans are kind of those same guys only with less money. Right. Um, so it, it, to me, it's an unnecessary rivalry, I guess, is the point I'm trying to get at, because, you know, the White Sox fans should be they should be mad at, you know, sorry, Jonathan, the Royals or the Indians or the Tigers or the Twins. Right. So I don't like that. Um, and Susie, I wanted to ask you, you live in Oakland now, but you you lived in San Francisco for the bulk of your time in the Bay area when you first moved there. Is it the same thing with the A's and the giants? Is there a lot of resentment back and forth or they just kind of, kind of indifferent and say, huh, well, both teams exist in the same general area. It's not quite as bad as the Sox and the Cubs. Mm -hmm. Um, It might just be because we're in different cities and there's some water and whatever, but it is kind of that like, you know, the, the giants are the white collar team and they serve sushi at the ballpark and what, and the, the, the A's, you know, are much more blue collar and the stadium's falling down. And um, yeah, so there's there's definitely some of those same kind of stereotypes, but they don't seem to like dislike each other quite as much. Um, they do play a couple of series, you know, those like fun rivalry interleague series. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, there's one before the season, there's one during the season. And those are always very popular and they're sold out. And like that seems like everyone kind of gets into it for that. But then the rest of the the season, they kind of ignore each other. Yeah. Um, the A's fans are all very like kind of defeatist. Like they know that even if the team's doing well, even, you know, they made the playoffs. They, they just know it's only a matter of time before they just blow it and crash and burn. So the A's fans have this kind of like Eeyore, like woe is me kind of thing. Like even if we get good players, they're all going to get traded next year and right. the team doesn't even want to stay yeah. in town. Yeah. And Don't it's... buy an expensive A's jersey because <laughs> yeah. that person's right. going to get traded. Right? Yeah. yeah. Every year when they do like a bobblehead or a, t- or like, yeah. you know, a team t-shirt giveaway, everyone's like, oh, great. This guy's going to be gone next year. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's not quite as bad as the it's it's more like Cubs. Um, it's maybe more like yeah. I, I don't think it's as bad as Cubs White Sox. 
Yeah, they ignore each other for most of the year. Well, it sounds like when they do meet too, it's it's somewhat um, it's kind of fun, right? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't I don't want to go yeah. to the Crosstown Classic. I've only been yeah. once, two thousand three, because I don't think it's I don't think the White Sox fans make it fun. No, no it's, I mean, it's I've, pretty heated. Yeah, and why? E- even more so than any Cubs Cardinal games. I've yeah, ever been to. Oh, I mean, I've been to some Cubs, Cubs Cardinals games that were pretty vicious. And I mean, this is like at the end of games, yeah. you you thought Cubs and Cardinal fans were going to get into a fight, but like in Chicago, they will get stabbed. <laughs> well, and, and, and the Sox fans are directing that same level of vitriol towards the Cubs fans. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I don't know. Like I said, it could be class resentment, and that I don't know. That's that is what it is. I mean, there's rich people that live on both sides of town. There's poor people that live on both sides yeah. of town. Yeah, I know but, a lot of people that lived in the south suburbs that were plenty wealthy, and they all right. were Sox fans. I, I think that's where a lot of the Sox fan base is. I mean, the south side itself um, is becoming really gentrified, you know, yeah. and it's Bridgeport is the neighborhood where the White Sox um play and they've got a lot of hip restaurants and bars going it's like kind of like one of chicago's next neighborhoods to blow up so i think some of those kind of class things are kind of um eroding a little bit but you know i've heard like ugly things like when i went to that game i heard like homophobic things you know said towards Mm -hmm. cubs fans so i really just don't like it because it's not fun whereas i think rivalries in sports are healthy and they should but they should be fun they should they should um i don't know retain their sportsmen yeah, person like I, I do agree though, and it's kind of sad that it seems like the White Sox' biggest rivalry is not even in their league. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I, I, it's really nice. It's the best case scenario if you go to something like that and you sit next to a fan of the other team, and they're really knowledgeable and, and but uh, and very deferential and 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 just willing to learn about each other and each other's teams and conceding, Hey, you guys are really good at this. You're not so good at this. And we aren't so good at this, but we're good at this. Right. And actually there's an, there's an, uh, uh, a very constructive dialogue that goes on, uh, that, you know, that's awesome. That's, you, you just, you wish that would be the default. Yeah. I'd much rather exception. talk to, talk to a friendly, educated Cubs fan than I would many Sox fans. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Right. I'm, Right. I mean, I'm, it's unfortunate that I have to say that, but yeah, and it's fun when you it's... have like an American League team and a National League team because then you can kind of get you know smack talk about like oh your pitcher doesn't bat and like you know right. f- <laughs> fun stuff like that. But it's you got to keep it about the baseball. Like smack talking about the baseball is super super fun, but then when you start talking about you know like the fans <laughs> and right. their mothers and all that unnecessary right. stuff, yeah. like that's no good. Yeah. So people just don't really know like where to draw a line. I was at a game, and I want to say it might have been when he was on the Giants, but Brian Giles got heckled horrendously one day when I was in the bleachers <laughs> at Wrigley Field. I went to school at DeVry, and I would skip school and go to Cubs games. Me too. And <laughs> Yeah, just it was like nothing was off limits. His grandmother, his pets, like just, <laughs> just like whatever. What, like people would think of the most ridiculous things to heckle him. And God forbid, he at one point when he came out in between an innings, he put his hands by his nose, and then for like the next half hour, it was like Giles is a booger picker. <laughs> like Giles. <laughs> kind of g i like that that's fine you can yell at the players don't talk smack against the other fans well well, don't like don't like giants fans and dodgers fans like stab each other Susie. oh yeah that happen giants and the dodgers are that's the really mean rivalry 
Okay. Um, and yeah, they, you could really get in trouble. I went to a couple of Dodger games. Um, one year the Cubs made the playoffs and they were about to get swept by the Dodgers. So I went down to LA to watch them get swept. And that was really fun because of the Dodger fans. Um, we were still sort of like giggling over just the differences between going to a sporting event in the Midwest versus out, out West. Like the fans just seemed a lot more detached and just not as like sports crazy as I was used to growing up. Um, hmm. It just wasn't as serious. It was just, you know, like a thing that they did between yoga classes or whatever. Everybody's so, on like a giant cell phone and they have ponytails. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's throwing screenplays around. Anyway, right. Totally. So we were at we were at Dodger Stadium and, you know, we knew that the Cubs were going to get swept. So like a lot of people were giving us a hard time. But it just in the lamest, most clumsy ways possible. So they're like, hey. Cubs suck. <laughs> that was like the best they like, could do. Yes. But then, so we were telling people like, "Oh yeah, so does your screenplay," and like right. they thought that was funny, and we and made we, we ended up making friends that, that way. That, that we can acknowledge. Like, yeah, a lot of but I guess can acknowledge that the Cubs suck. Anyway. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't even wear a Giants jersey to to Dodger Stadium. That no, I, I usually I would go often go neutral as well. It, when when I was a uh, more of a Red Sox fan. Uh, when I was exclusively exclusively a Red Sox fan, going to Royals games here in town, I just I wouldn't wear I would wear neutral colors because I wasn't interested in like garnering any attention. Even though like you probably wouldn't get much because the Red Sox were a lot better nice, right? than the Royals, but yeah, just to avoid the attention is uh, more the way to fly. Right, right. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about the Royals fans last uh, during the series last year. Uh, yeah, I heard that they were accommodating to a lot of Giants fans. Uh, when they were in town. Good. Yeah. That's good. Good deal. Who knows? They might be meeting each other again. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? God willing, Madison Bumgarner gets like meningitis or something. and that just... <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I, uh, no, maybe maybe we, he breaks uh, a nail and he can't throw uh, our whole team. a fastball. <laughs> I saw, Jonathan, did you get you get um, Jabba Chamberlain? Yeah, yeah. They signed Jabba ah, to a minor ah. league deal. Oh, well, they traded away all their all their minor league pitchers, uh, so they had to start to bring in some. Right. <laughs> nice. What's Mike Hampton up to? Um, but anyway, <laughs> well, 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 yeah. So, so obviously there are some unnecessary rivalries out there, and things aren't as fun as they used to be. It seems like, um, and you know, the the conversation can continue through social media and all of those things. Um, switching to music. While music rivalries certainly aren't as intense as sports rivalries, I don't think so at least, they do exist. Um, I've met people that really like the Rolling Stones, but they can't seem to like the Beatles that much, and vice versa. I've met people with the same, like those, like the Stones and the Who. Yeah, right. Any of like the other big British kind of god bands, you know, like they're like, oh, well, I've... I'm a Stones person, or I'm, right, I'm right. a Right, yeah, it's, it's like a personality question. The Stones or the Beatles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like both of them. I don't see yeah. why people can't... Just... Yeah, it depends what day it is. Yeah. yeah, when I look at a band, that's just not what I... I don't com- compare them to... I'm doing a poor job of articulating this, but I'm... I, you know, I, I don't think about how they're they're different than the Rolling Stones when I listen to the Beatles, or how they're different than the Who, or yeah. better, or what have you. So we get that with music and I, I think we get it a lot um with the grateful dead and fish 
Now, Susie, you've been to a lot of shows of The Fish. I and, just saw uh, my 50th Fish show. Congrats. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. At Shoreline? Or... <laughs> yes, at Shoreline. Okay, nice. So, but I've, and, and Levi, I know you, you're, Levi's sister, my, my cousin, Levi's older sister, Paula, was a big head in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, she, she saw, she's been all over, right, Levi? I mean, oh, yeah. She basically, like, followed them from, like, 88, 89 to the end. Right. And so I, I got turned on to the dead at a younger age. I remember one of the first tapes I had was the In the Dark cassette. Right. And um, nice. I mean, not to say that I don't like fish. There's like I, I have like a fish mix in my iTunes. There's probably like 10 or maybe 10 songs. That I can really say I like a lot. Be honest, it's just ten different versions of bouncing around the room. The one of them is the Halloween show from I want to say like Deer Creek or it. It was when they released like all those live shows on CD. Was it when they did Quadrophenia? That was at Rosemont, and uh... yeah, it may it may be that one. They do uh, Rock and Roll by Velvet. Oh Under. yeah, that was Vegas. Yeah, right. The second and third shows, Halloween 98. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I like Fish, but if you're going to make me choose, I'm going to always probably say The Grateful Dead. Well, but the the thing is, though, you don't have to choose, right? And and secondly, your arguments are at least about the music. I feel like some people, older heads... It's a fan rivalry. Yeah, it's a fan rivalry. It's not a band rivalry, it's a fan rivalry. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you don't get deadheads are like, get off my lawn, like with your stupid glow sticks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's my guess. Anyway, if your arguments are about the music, so be it, you know, but if when you when you make it about the fans or the scene or what you what you think that is, that that really bothers me Um, because I I, I knew people in college, too, that kind of were like, oh, I only listen to the dead or I only listen to fish Um, or I don't know, I guess you kind of had your. I mean, Jonathan, you're closer to widespread than either of those bands, right? I mean, when you were yeah. you were in the throes of it all, yeah. When we both, you know, yeah, I definitely know really... more about widespread than than either the Dead or, or Fish, and uh, but and you know, it's you hang out in the lot a, a bit, uh, but as far as the scene goes, you know, I've never really been one to be in the scene, you know, and right. uh, uh, so I, you know, widespread's kind of like Fish. For SEC football fans, you know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. Well, what's so funny is after after Jerry died, that's where my sister and brother in law. That's where they went to. They, they like got off the dead train after Jerry died, and they went to Panic. And I think a lot of older heads did that. Yeah, right. And right. I think a lot of the young deadheads gravitated towards Fish. Right. right. But at the same time, I, mean, I guess I I I interpreted Panic as more of having a a rock and roll bent than Southern rock than fish. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe that, that's why, uh, as, as a big fan of the Allman brothers. Sure. Well, I yeah. could see how dead fans might, you know, be kind of like, Oh, these fish kids, you know, because it's like fish was getting big right when the dead was you know, crashing and burning. So there's, you know, a little yeah. resentment there maybe. And then it's, um, yeah, it would be like if, if you know some young band that annoyed us like all of a sudden started kind of like doing the fish thing mm-hmm. like if all of a sudden justin bieber who i guess is guitar tech is really into fish and took justin to a fish show anyway so if <laughs> justin bieber's fans all started like dressing and acting like fish fans 
the fish fans would be like, what? That's super annoying. And we would probably, you know, dislike those people yeah. even more than we, that, we might want to that anyway. That begs a really good question because now John Mayer is supposed yes. to be playing with the dead. And so are all the little John Mayer, like Taylor Swift looking girls going to become deadheads now? Yeah. Yeah. Is John Mayer cool anymore, though? Like, I don't no. really keep up. Well, that, you know, those girls are now the girls that probably got into him when he had his first hits or what in their or late 20s, early 30s now, if they hey, were Matthew's teeny boppers. The then. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, it's kind of like when Miley Cyrus was hanging out, has been hanging out with uh, Wayne Coyne and the Flaming Lips that you get that oh, yeah. crossover and fan base. Right. Yeah, I... Um... I've said before on this podcast, I don't, I don't mind Miley Cyrus. I got to be honest. I don't the last album yeah. was really good. Yeah. It was. Like, Bangers is good. Yo. It's a good album. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, mean, it's got the sadness to it. You're like, why can't you stop, Miley? What happens if you stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, she's a good Instagram poster, too. You know, so, uh, <laughs> I now know your new shower music, Gabe. You know <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast. As you get older, those guilty pleasures don't become so guilty anymore. You know, right. no, nothing right. proves. There's nobody to look cool to now. You know, yeah, yeah. Because someday uh, you'll like Bruce Hornsby. Well, here's a point that we'll take into account. Right, right. Someday I'll like him. Uh, like I've, I've always told people, I'll really like Phil Collins solo stuff if I ever go through a divorce. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's when it'll really resonate with me. <laughs> Where I'm, when Steph's left me and I'm, I'm Gabe sitting in a dark room, just I can feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I got like a hot plate because I can't afford anything else. You know? right. Just another day in paradise. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, just yeah. That's that's when I'll really appreciate Phil Collins. But um. Gosh, you know, there are um, some other ones that I want to touch on uh, that are, I don't know, they're probably not as pronounced as the Dead versus Fish or the Beatles versus the Stones or any of the sports rivalries. Obviously, I grew up, like, Van Halen was my introduction to popular music, basically. All my my cousins were into them. All my cousins were, eh, you know, right? (laughs) Kids, you know, and they, they, they liked Roth and then they all made the tr- trans excuse me the transition to Hagar without really much of a bump you know they're really? like oh cool this guy's all right too and i'm not like patting myself on the back here but yeah you know um even at like i guess that would have happened when i was 6 i think he left in 85 you're saying I, you could see through the bullshit. I could. Six. Listen, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't a savant, you know. I wasn't. You know, I, I haven't passed the bar or anything. But Mensa is calling. I knew. I knew that that was bullshit right away. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is Van Halen now, <laughs> right? They go, they've gone from just totally like David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth is. This is going to sound crass, but he he's Groucho Marx host, hosting a wet T-shirt contest. That is David Lee. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah. On speed. Right. And yeah. Sam Hagar is... Um, Guy Fieri. Uh, yeah, he's Guy Fieri. That's who he is. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen them in the same place yeah. at the same time. So, just right. Saying, right. Like, same person. And, and I, I, I guess I don't hate Hagar. I hate what he did to Van Halen. Right. Because um, I, I don't mind the Montrose albums. I had the, the VOA, the I Can't Drive 55. Yeah, and three Lock Box. Man. I had yeah. that. Three lock, standing Hampton. Yes, right. Oh, yeah. no. So he seems like a good time. I just don't like his effect on Van Halen. Yeah, it but... was like the it was like 
two things that you would think totally would work together. Right. But they, in my mind, they didn't. Like, I can go back and I can maybe pull two or three songs and listen to them. One being Black and Blue off OU812. I think right. that's a really well-produced song. But It's got a couple. Yeah, yeah, it was just like the songs went from, like, getting drunk, getting laid, like, partying to, like, my girlfriend left me, what's wrong with the world? To caring like, about the other person's yeah. feelings. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it went to. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was just totally different. You know, it was like uh, the, the musical, the lyrical content changed completely. And I just, it didn't give me what I was looking for in Van Halen. Well, you were uh, only six done. at the you time, so you were still you were still ready to rock. <laughs> right, I was. You, you didn't give a shit about the other people's that's, feelings. That's when I was like, "Thank God, Cinderellas." Yeah. Right. <laughs> all, all your cousins were maturing and being like, "Hey, you know, this kind of makes sense. Maybe we should, you know, be <laughs> like, no, more man, in tune Sammy, with their feelings." Maybe Sam. The time we were eight, Bon Jovi came out and just like you know cleared the whole landscape. He did. Yeah, that was. That's 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 what uh, everybody followed after that. But yeah, my cousins were like, you know, maybe maybe it's time to grow up. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe Sammy is right. You know, I need, need to I'll start going down to bed with early. My own little Valerie Bertinelli, and we'll have a kid. And... <laughs> Settling down, going to bed early. You know, yeah, like, you got a haircut and everything. <laughs> Make sure my four hundred one k is in good shape. You know, all that. Yeah, check so, credit karma, maybe. Right. Exactly. So so gone Hagar should be like a verb for a transition in life. I think so. Yes. Yes. A, a maturing in life. Yeah, it's when you you abandon your juvenile spirit in favor of. Uh, I don't He's know. gone, Hagar. Yeah, in in favor of uh, I don't know maturity, I guess. But, anyway. but then they went back. It's the great redemption. But then story. they went back, right? Midlife crisis. That's, Absolutely, that's what that is. Good stuff, gang. Um, and and then you know, don't even get me started on Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. All right, so yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any others? Am I missing any here of like divisive artists like that are like, well, you got to like one or the other. Like where a lot of people in the camp think that way. Uh, um, did Janet like... and Mariah? Yeah. What's that? Who did you say? Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey. Oh, okay. <laughs> or Whitney. Maybe Janet and Whitney. All right. I don't know. That was a didn't while like, ago. Mo- like, didn't Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses like hate each other? They did. They did. Um yeah, I don't know if, like, the fans ever sort of split. You know, I don't know if, like, it um, permeated to the fan base. Yeah. But I know there's some great footage. And, Jonathan, if you find this, post it as well. Okay. It's got Vince Neil challenging Axel to a fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On an MTV interview. He may yeah. even have, like, Michael Jackson sparkle gloves on while he's doing it. I know. <laughs> Who do we guys take? Let's go around the room. Who, Vince or Axel in their prime? In a fight? Uh, Talking like a 1988 version of, of either. Axel. I gotta go Axel, dude. He's got no the way, calves dude. in those I jean I think Vince shorts. is a scrapper, man. I do. <laughs> but Axel's dirty, man. Axel do something dirty. Axel's from Indiana. He'll show a I think in a fair fight, Vince would win, but I just don't think Axel would fight fair. Right, exactly. And that's, All right. yeah. So yeah. Axel would uh, pull like a mystery There's guy. a folding chair involved like, in yeah. Axel's guy. <laughs> a flower a microphone to the head. Yeah, right. <laughs> He wouldn't be afraid to play dirty, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah in, a, in a legitimate fight, I'll take Vince. I think he's a scrapper. Um, yeah. So, Blues any traveler and Black Crows is one that comes to mind. A little bit. I, I mean, I think among us, I don't think. I don't yeah, I don't think the like fans necessarily hate yeah. each other. Yeah. Right. Like the two bands, absolutely. Yeah. PJ Nirvana. That's similar to that. Right. Yeah. Get some of that as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Every time I every time I crank Nirvana, I think of all of the Nirvana fans that would be annoyed as I crank it surrounded by all these Pearl Jam tour posters. <laughs> I think I think Nirvana um among critics garnered more acclaim and that oh, maybe for sure. some of yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so well anyway, well that was fun to talk about rivalries. And now we'll get to the portion of the evening, uh, our bullpen session, where we recommend albums that we've been digging lately. So we'll hand it over to Susie, our special guest, and she's going to tell us what has been pumping through her speakers lately. Susie? I have been pretty stuck on the new Galactic album. It just came out last month, and it's called Into the Deep. Um, it's really, really good. It's so Galactic, you know, is the New Orleans kind of funk band, and they got horns, and they're really dancey, and it's just the happiest, greatest music without being like you know cavity happy. Um, so Into the Deep is a good album. It's got a lot of guests. Like usually Galactic's mostly instrumental, yeah. And um, on this album, there's singing on every track, but it's different people. So JJ oh, wow. Gray sings one song. Macy Gray sings another one. Um, the one you really, really want to hear is Mavis Staples doing a track called Does It Really Make a Difference? I won't spoil it for you. You'll have to find out if it really <laughs> makes a difference. You'll just say it does. Yeah, you know, Mavis will will explain it all. So, yeah, check that out. It's really, really good. I just can't stop listening to it. I've been playing it over and over. I, they were at uh, Bonnaroo that first year that me and Gabe went in 2002. And I actually got to meet Kevin, the saxophone player. Nice. And I, they're one of those bands that, like, I listened to them kind of in my days of like Mo and Umphreys and Galactic and Disco Biscuits and all that. And like, I actually found when we were getting ready to move out to Colorado, I found the Galactic Live CD. And it, mm. there's a version of Baker's Dozen on there that's just awesome. It's one of my favorite jazz funk songs. Nice. So yeah, I, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, they're really good. I kind of into forget the about them, and then I get in, into these galactic periods where it's just all I want to hear. Always fun to uh, to dust things off and then rediscover um, those bands. So, uh, Jonathan, what about you? What have you been listening I, uh, to? I've been listening to something that's been a staple in my record or CD slash record collection since I found it at the Ames, Iowa Public Library on sale for $1 uh, back in like 2002, and it is Fu Manchu's The Action Is Go. Uh, Fu Manchu is uh, some uh, pretty fantastic uh, hard stoner rock. And Tony Alva on the album cover. Yeah, there, so. yeah, yeah. The album cover. Oh, and uh, I mean the. <laughs> oh, actually, I gotta, I gotta show you the, because uh, uh, this makes for good radio. Um, I because I, I scored, <laughs> I scored the vinyl, and because nice. uh, they, they came through uh, Kansas City playing this album in its entirety which was like a pinnacle in my uh, uh 30 something adulthood and uh one one uh red vinyl and one blue vinyl isn't that beautiful wow oh yeah just thought you were gonna say like an actual lock of tony alba's hair <laughs> no <laughs> um and Dogtown, uh, uh, so yeah fu manchu is a fantastic band really consistent band uh, from uh, uh, Orange County, and uh, it's oh man, it, it's such productive music for me. If I just need to focus uh, with some with some hard rock and roll, it's Fu Manchu, man. Nice. nice. They've always got such a good aesthetic, you know. They've always got like 
really cool vans and stuff on their album cover. Oh, know? yeah. Like, yeah. 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 They're big in that, right. that kind of 70s aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They even write songs about vans. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. King of the Road. Yeah. Um, and most of the songs on, on the Action is Go are about skateboarding. <laughs> so. Right. They just, what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like a that. total garage sale guy, and we just moved here, and we were going to the park. And I saw a garage sale, so I was like, I have to go. And the wife and kid are like, uh, whatever. And it was next door neighbor had two of the vans from the 70s with like the little round windows, like the graphics on the side and stuff. I was just like drooling, like, oh, those are so cool. And I get in the car and my wife's like, those are rape vans. (laughs) Gross. Man, that takes the fun out of it. Jeez. Jeez. We look Man, at Ashley, fans a little Ashley, different than you. Enough. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Man. So yeah, speaking of rape vans, my pick <laughs> it could be could be blasted out of one of those vintage vans. It's by a band called The Sword, who were kind of oh, a yeah. throwback stoner rock metal band. And the song that I heard is off their new album, which actually drops Friday, and it's called High Country. And it's typical stoner kind of rock sound metal and um but supposedly on this album they kind of branch out there's like a like a texas boogie tune because i guess yeah they're from austin yeah i guess they're trying to pick up the like zz top link you know and um so it's supposed to be an album where they kind of branch out and do more than just stoner metal so i'm looking forward to it and the deluxe edition which costs 99.99 comes with a wooden stash box with their name engraved on the top. Shut up. That's a amazing. Dugout, a dugout with the band <laughs> logo. This card for your wallet that looks like a cheese grater, but I guess it's for grinding weed. Jeez. And then a pack of holy papers. And then the album on CD and then colored vinyls. No wow. audience. Yeah, wow. stoner rock. Right. No, they ain't messing Damn around. Jesus. It's like the... Like the Tommy Chong limited edition or something. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Nice. Well, good deal. Um, my recommendation, um, you know, I've I've been um more I don't know, I guess people who listen to the podcast will know. Um I listen to RDO uh for a lot of my new music and my daily listening. Susie's on RDO, Jonathan's on RDO. And um I, I listen to it at work, um, because I'm I'm at a desk most of the day, and there is a, a I listen to a lot of more kind of chill wave kind of electronic stuff, kind of ambient sort of stuff. And um, I came across this band. Um, they're, you know, they're musicians in the band. It's not just like, a you know, a guy on a, a MacBook and, you know, a guy on a turntable or something. It's um, they're called Vessels and they're from England um, and they're kind of described as sort of post rock. Um, but which is, you know, could be kind of a wankerish term, but, um, (laughs) it's, it, it, this new album of theirs is called, um, is called dilate and it's, um, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more electronic than their previous work, but you know, there's still, the instruments are still there and it's like Jonathan had mentioned with Fu Manchu for him, at least, um, it's really good stuff to get, to get things done. Uh, but also, you know, you could you could put it on um, at night and uh, and kind of mellow out to it as well. So, um, it, yeah, it's really good. The, the album's called Dilate. It's by this band called Vessels. So so check them out. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, make all my recommendations about like music you could, you know, music to send emails to. That is a good mix that you have there. That I, I do yeah. listen to that mix Cause, of yours. Because if you if you look at, on me at Ardeo, it's not really that indicative of what I listen to, like what I would consider like my favorite music. Right. It's just I listen to most of it while I'm at work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you see me listening to like Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, you know that's like after my wife and son have gone to bed, right? <laughs> like, like that's when the too short comes on, right? Right, exactly, exactly. But then you know that um, you know, if I'm listening to Vessels or, you know, something that something like that, you know, something with the people on MacBooks oh, yeah. make, um, I'm probably at work. So anyway, I'm not a fan of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, but I know the word to every song. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> puts you in a certain state of mind, I bet. He's he's a collaborator on the uh on the next um the next Interpol album actually, Daniel Tiger. Um but anyway, you know, one thing I wanna share before we uh we sign off is Susie uh has an beef. interesting what's that? Yeah, she's got a beef. We got a beef. Uh, and she's gonna take it out and this is on a this is on a this isn't like a beef with um, you know Not with any of you. Know. That would be interesting. Even even, even a small time, you know. Have you guys have 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 they heard this story at all? They haven't heard it yet. Oh, it's so good. So why don't you tell it? Because uh, I think you're a little you. I I think you. I heard it from my wife, and then but you know you you might have heard it from the wedding party. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Let me get it started here. So there's this rapper out in Brooklyn, and he's married to Beyonce. And I've got a big problem with him. And I'm here to officially start my internet feud with Jay-Z. Fortunately for you, he listens to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, Hove. Let me yeah. tell you why you suck. Um, no, actually, he's he's fine. I don't really care for his music that much unless Danger Mouse has put decent tracks underneath it. But um, so the problem is, all right, Gabe and I were both invited to a wedding. So that's nice. People are in love. They're going to get married. They're going to do this in Brooklyn. They have a venue picked out. It's called the Liberty Warehouse. If you go to their website, they actually say, like, Jay-Z's throwing parties here. That's why we're cool. Like, Brooklyn, Jay-Z, yay. So so they had it all scheduled and, you know, deposits, and they had sent save the dates, and they were about to send invites when they got a call from the venue saying, okay, there's a big celebrity who actually wants to reserve our venue on the day of your wedding. And would you mind moving your wedding so we can accommodate this big celebrity? Because he wants to throw a birthday party, a 90th birthday party for his grandmother, which is super sweet. I totally support that. But it's her birthday. It's her 90th birthday. Like you knew this was coming for at least 89 years. (laughs) I would say you know, he's got the run of venues. Plan too. ahead. You know, like, he could have it yes, a day later. He does. So the guy, the guy could know? rent out the fucking Coliseum. Yeah, Rome. okay, so I guess. All right. <laughs> so officially, we don't even know. Like, the venue was very discreet and just called them, like, Celebrity X or some bullcrap. But he threw an 85th birthday party for his grandmother at the same place five years ago. So, yes, we know. Um, I also found an article that Beyonce had thrown a birthday party a couple years ago for the same grandmother. But they did it on a yacht. So just get a boat, go out to international waters where they had the Mike Tyson secretariat <laughs> fight. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> It'll be great. But no, they bumped my friend's wedding. What so were here's they? The thing. So, okay, so the thing is, you know, they knew that 
it's reserved. You know, you're Jay-Z, but you can't just like cancel someone's wedding. So what, what's happening is they're paying for it. Who, Jay-Z or the venue? Uh, well, you know, the venue, like Jay-Z is paying so, for it. Celebrity through the X is yes. paying for it. So wow. in exchange for moving their wedding about six weeks, I guess. Into like the did future, they double the cost of the wedding? That's what I would have done. Yeah, like, oh, right. Wait, we're, we're, here's what I really want to do. I want to go to the birthday party. <laughs> That's the deal. And there that, you go. Yeah. Yes, because yes. so my son is the same age as Jay Z's daughter, and they could meet and fall in love, and like this is fate. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they moved the wedding, and um, in in exchange, the entire wedding is being paid for. So free wedding. And then um, they're also going to take care of people's if, if they had booked travel and they needed to change travel. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, but even if our friends had to, like, you know, cover the travel themselves, they would still come out way ahead because free wedding. But, you know, also quite rude. <laughs> um, I'm actually going out anyway. So I had planned to go out because a cousin was getting married in New Jersey the weekend before. So I'm like, hey, consecutive wedding weekends on the East Coast. Why don't I fly my whole fam family out there and we'll just hang around on the East Coast for like 10 days so we can go to both of these weddings. Yeah. So I couldn't just cancel the trip. Like I'm still going. So um, so I will actually be in Brooklyn on the evening of Jay-Z's grandmother's 90th birthday party so, Jay, if you want to make it up to me, mm-hmm. I think you should just invite me to the birthday party. I, I think you just you show up in like a like what you would wear to a wedding and just play dumb and be like, oh, no. <laughs> and just bring like, I'll just be like, I, I saved this the This isn't the Anderson wedding? <laughs> They'll take pity on you and, and invite you in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, they should. It's the least they could do. If he's paying for that wedding, there better be like a statue of David peeing Crystal at that wedding. All right. Yeah, yeah it should be like the Kanye wedding. That like, was what we two. had planned, right? That's what right. I would have told them. Right. right. Yeah. They had to carve a list. Well, all right. We, we, we want David Hasselhoff there. All right. I don't know why I thought. So I guess it's a good story, but it's still like a totally absurd. It, it fits story. well into our East Coast West Coast feud thing. Right? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why West Coast rappers are better because they've never canceled any of my friends' weddings. I would agree with that, regardless of weddings too. You know, I'll t- I'll take um, I'll take too short over Jay Z any day of the week because yeah. it's just all there is to. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, in the words of Too Short, don't fight the feeling, kids. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Susie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for us. having me. It was really fun. Yeah. We loved having you. And, oh, you know, is it okay? Can I give them your Twitter handle, Susie? Or can you tell sure. it to us? Is that okay? Yeah. What is your... So it's SF, like San Francisco, and right. then S-O-O-Z, like Suze. Right. Or so Suze spelled backwards. SF Suze. F yeah. Foods. Yeah. Um, so you can follow Susie there. Pick up issues of uh, Macworld, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. You can do that as well. Um, and, uh, you can follow us, our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at rock in chew. That's in as in no son of mine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, every week we've got this thing where every week I say a different thing that starts with an N and the Phil Collins thing just came to me anyway. <laughs> so that's at rock in chew. Uh, and also, you can find all of our archived episode, episodes, as well as um, you know a lot of fun stuff uh, on our website, um, blog posts, things of that nature, at rockchew.com. So, and like us on Facebook. Tell all of your friends. 
will be back again real soon. So thanks so much, everybody. And thank you, Susie. Thank you. Thanks. Take care, everybody. Good night. Peace.